My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hello, Stitchers! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yay! I can't believe it's 2023! Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? I don't know the words. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Yay! Well, Happy New Year, everybody. We survived 2022. It's been crazy. It was an insane year. How was We decided that this is going to be our stitches. Yes. How was your 2022? (sighs) You're asking me first? Yes. How was your 2022? Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) that's the word for for 2022 you know it's funny it's it feels like 2022 was almost as equal as 2020 really it was like kind of parallel yeah not to the point of the pandemic but like (laughs) i don't think anything (laughs) no no nothing will ever come yeah yeah but uh yeah life-wise it's just been a lot of ups and downs uh-huh. But it was good. Yeah, this is kind of the year where everything started to go back yes. to normal-ish. Yeah. And people Ish. were remembering what it's like to be around other people again. Oh, and it's awful. After like... <laughs> For those of those introverts like us, <laughs> being around other people again and then like going out to concerts and we're like, wow, I used to enjoy this. Right. <laughs> I used to love driving. I used to enjoy. Yeah, oh my gosh. People, more people are on the roads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Life is getting back to regular and yeah. you forgot what that was. And yep. you're like, I thought there were less people. people and now no, we live in LA. So, oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, there's so, so many, many people. people. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was good. You know, it, it's another year. It went by really fast. I feel like the older we get, Things go quicker. Yeah. I think especially when you have kids that are in school. Yes. So the years go so fast because you're constantly jumping from one thing to the next thing with their school. Right. And then all of a sudden the year is done. And then... It just, it's it just so fast so quickly and I think with all the holidays towards the end of the year that just makes things go so fast <laughs> if you have anxiety like I do about buying presents for everybody <laughs> it's December goes so insanely fast. so quickly it just can't slow down <laughs> I'm sorry well how was your year your year was pretty cool you had a lot of things going on yeah 2022 was the year of change for us yeah absolutely because we decided to uproot our little suburban family and move to a farm yes and start a more sustainable lifestyle so suddenly we're learning how to take care of uh, chickens and and how to deal with the well and how to plant things I'm not a very I don't know how to do we haven't started our gardens yet because it's still winter time right and the frost goes away pretty quickly so in the next like month or so in February we're gonna be able to start putting things in the ground so I have to figure out how to do that and what Ah, we want to plant and how to keep things growing don't ask me me too I you know I I have a house plant her name is Beth and so far I'm keeping her alive yeah and she's looking good but you know We'll see to how to grow our own food. That's the next big challenge. But That's the exciting. alpaca have been incredible. Mm-hmm. The chickens are so much fun. And even though there's a lot of things that we're learning how to do and how to be more sustainable, I couldn't ask for a better life experience than what we're getting here Aww. on the farm. 
And so it's just amazing. I'm glad. Take, Take a, a stitch. stitch. <laughs> hey, you know what's amazing? Yes, what? 2022 is when we started our podcast. It is. That's ah! the best change that we did. Yes. Uh, we get to see each other more. We do. So. That was always something because, you know, we're both introverts. We talk about that all the time. And before, I always considered Nicole my best friend and I saw her never. <laughs> like once every blue moon. I know. And then we started forcing ourselves to see each other yes. during the pandemic. And then we had this crazy idea to like start a podcast because we like to crochet together. That's what we started doing. Yes. And then we discovered that we both like talking about paranormal or listening to paranormal. Creepy things. And true crime while mm -hmm. we were crocheting and then that sparked this idea and so that's probably one of my favorite things that happened this year me too yay yeah uh, kumbaya <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's been great and we're so glad that you're all a part of our journey too yay now we have a whole new community yes so we're excited to have you guys with us on this journey yes and we're excited to keep growing our little community here yeah, growing our stitchers let's hope it just keeps going keeps growing keeps going because yep. we're not stopping nope. we're still doing this yes. we're still excited to be with you guys every week yes okay Yay, so 2023. 2023 it's a new year it's a new day but it's always the same coffee always the same coffee <laughs> which is amazing <laughs> take a stitch with this being a new year i hear we're going to talk about some rebirthing kind oh of things, yeah some reincarnation it's today. not an ominous theme it's not as ominous, but it is pretty. It's paranormal. paranormal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So this will be fun. This week. I love reincarnation. So I can't mm -hmm. wait to see what you pulled up about this. Oh, so many stories that I've learned before, but it's so much fun again, rereading and researching. And now we get to give it to you guys to dive in. I yeah. know. And so coming up with a theme for a stitch for this, I'm so proud of my theme. I'm I know, so excited that so I, cool. I was able to find a stitch to be on. Theme. Yes. We're going to be doing the Lotus stitch, which lotus. the Lotus flower resemble is a symbol of rebirth. That's right. Yeah, what you so. told me. And I thought that was so cool. Yay, I was so smart. And it's a really pretty stitch that I've never I seen before. I love this stitch. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of a yarn eater, but a yarn eater. <laughs> I love yeah. it. A yarn eater. It does take a lot of yarn to do, but it's so pretty. It's gorgeous. It's like little lotuses everywhere. And we'll talk about applications for that when we get stitching. Speaking of, are we ready to oh get stitching? Oh my gosh. I am so ready to get stitching. Let's get stitching. Okay, stitchers. Yay. Are we ready to learn the lotus stitch? I'm totally ready. This stitch is so cool. So what it is to make a lotus flower or the lotus shape, it's basically like three puff stitches that go together into one single stitch. And so it's a repetitive pattern. It's and so pretty though. It looks so like almost pretty. like a shell pattern. It but does look like a shell, right? but it's not. It's not. Yeah, because okay. it's a puff stitch. So let's uh, dive in and talk about how we do the lotus stitch. Okay. So the lotus stitch, and I learned this by watching Jules and Jones. Ooh. If you can go to julesandjones.com, she has the lotus stitch pattern written on there. And then she also does a video tutorial on YouTube. So you hey. can watch her do that there as well. We will also make one of our fun little funny videos of me doing the crochet. And by the way, yes, being on the farm has led, I, I was thinking about this 
how how funny it was when we started the podcast and I was all worried about my hands and my nails. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to make sure I have manicures and everything's pretty because you don't want to yeah, have right. ugly hands. Yeah, and right. I've gotten to the point where I'm on the farm and I'm like, my nails are all broken and chipped off. I have band-aids everywhere. I have rope burns. I <laughs> I have blisters. Farm hands. Farm hands. It's all so good. I'm sorry, you guys. You get my ugly farm hands, Whatever. but you get pretty stitches in the meantime. There you go. All That's right. all that matters. So if you want pretty hands, go to Jules and Jones and watch her <laughs> tutorial. <laughs> She's very like soft-spoken. I like her Aww. voice. It's very soothing to watch her soothing. video. So you're going to chain a multiple of six. So wow. any multiple of six you want to do plus five. Got it. Okay. Six plus five to start off with. Row one, you're going to single crochet in the second chain from the hook. And you're going to be alternating single crochet and the lotus pattern. That's how it's going to work. Got so it. those are your two main stitches, the single crochet and the lotus. I got the single crochet. Yes. So single crochet in the second chain from the hook. Okay. Then you're going to skip the next two chains. Oh, okay. In the third chain you're going to do a three puff stitch so when you're doing a puff stitch mm -hmm. you're going to yarn over insert your hook into the loop pull up a loop but don't do anything but don't do anything okay you're going to yarn over again that's right insert pull up a loop don't do anything okay yarn over a third time insert your hook pull up a loop so how many okay. loops are on your there will be a total of seven. Whoa! Total of seven loops on your hook. That's a huge amount. Yes. Okay. Then you're going to yarn over one more time, but this time you're going to pull through the first six. Oh, okay. Yep. Just the first six. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have two loops left on your hook after you pull through that. Got it. Then you're going to yarn over and pull through those two. So that's going to close off the puff stitch. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. So that's your puff stitch. So it's three yarn over and pull throughs. Uh -huh. So you have seven loops seven total yeah seven loops on your hook yarn over pull through six of them yarn over and pull through the the final two that creates one puff stitch so after you have one puff stitch you're going to chain two insert your hook back into that same chain that same third chain mm -hmm. and then you're going to do another puff stitch Nice. So yarn over That's a lot of puff stitches. Yes. You're going to do three of those total Holy cow. in that same chain. In the same one. Same chain. Wow. Yes. Okay. So it's going to be a three puff stitch, which means you yarn over, pull through three times. So you'll have seven loops on your hook. Yarn over, pull through six. Yarn over, pull through two. That's a puff stitch. Wow. Chain two. So it's going to be, I'm going to call it a three puff stitch three so puff that you know stitch. what it is. Yep. So in that third chain, okay. you have a three puff stitch chain two, a three puff stitch, chain two, and a three puff stitch. That's so many. Yes. <laughs> okay. So it looks like three lotus yes. leaves, yes, right? Do you see right I here? Do. Three That's lotus so leaves. Okay. And each of the lotus leaves are separated by two chains. Right. Right. You do not chain after the third lotus. Really? Leaf. No. Instead, you skip two chains okay. and you single crochet into that third chain. Interesting. Then you skip two chains and you do another lotus Round. leaf Got right mm -hmm. so you're going to do that all the way down mm -hmm. until you have three chains left okay then you're going to skip two chains and you're going to do half a lotus in that so that's going to be a three puff stitch chain two followed by a final three puff stitch so you're going to have two puff okay. stitch so you're going to have one side and one middle and not the and third side yeah Got that's it. it so that's going to finish off your uh, first row. Holy cow. Then you're going to chain one and turn. Okay. That's your second row though, right? Because your first row is the, the 
Well, the chain doesn't count as a row. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> you can count the chain as a row if you want to, but most of the it. time you don't. Okay, okay. So then when you finish the finish the first row, you're going to chain one and turn. Okay. You're going to single crochet into that first chain. Mm-hmm. Okay? Make sure you single crochet in the first chain so that everything lines up correctly. Then you're going to skip the next three chains. And in the fourth chain, which should be a single crochet underneath from the first you row. from the first row you're going to do a lotus. Got it. So three puff stitch, chain two, three puff stitch, chain two, three puff stitch. Got it. Then you're going to skip three stitches and it should be the top of the lotus from below. You're going to single crochet. Wow. Okay. Skip another three stitches. It should be a single crochet in the row below. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to do another lotus. Three puff stitch, chain two, three puff stitch, chain two, three puff stitch. Okay. Yes. So that's why you need that. It's a repeat of six Got because it. you're you're skipping two chains or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm. I you guys it. are with me. It. You got it. I'm you with got you. It. So that's it. And then when you get to the end, you're always going to finish with a, a half a half lotus. Got yeah. It. So it's going to be the two three puff stitches with the chain one to turn and single crochet in the top of that. Nice. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's repetitive. It's repetitive. It's so pretty. And it's so pretty. And it's a lotus. So you can use this for anything. It is definitely a yarn eater. So make sure you have plenty of yarn or your project is small that you're doing this with. So some suggestions that uh, she has on her website, Jules and Jones, that she has on her website for Mm -hmm. this. You can use it for blankets, you know, baby blankets, Mm -hmm. because it is a yarn eater. I can't imagine how much yarn it would take if you did one. Oh my gosh. But you can, you know, definitely throw it in in a pattern if you want to do a couple rows of it. Or if you wanted to do it as a border around the blanket, that would be pretty. I was going to say, it's got that roundish edge. That's cool. Yes, it would be pretty. And she even suggested to do it like as a sleeve of a sweater, which I thought would be be really cool. Pillows. I'm obsessed with making pillows right now that's your thing (laughs) I'm like everything is a pillow every (laughs) stitch that I pull out I'm like I want to make a pillow out of this that's good but let me see what else she suggested bags or you can make a placemat because it is thick so it'd Mm. be a good placemat if you know if you're going to do a placemat or a pot holder like a a cotton yarn so that it's absorbent and stuff instead of you know I'm also using a very, very thick yarn yes, you and are. a giant, giant hook right now. Huge hook. <laughs> I love it though. But yeah, it's it makes really it stand cool. out more. Yeah. So that's the Lotus. Yay. Lotus. Yeah. It's so pretty. It I is. can't stop saying that. It's just because it's a puff stitch. There's so many of them. And like I said, it looks like a shell, but it's not. Yes. It's definitely more of a flowery look to yeah, it, the lotus. Yeah. So it's gorgeous. I think it would be fun to experiment with like doing different colors, each row a different <gasps> color. Ooh. Wouldn't that be pretty? I want to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Do things with your lotus stitch. Let us see what you guys are making. You can always, always, always post pictures on any of our socials or email us at theomadastitch at gmail.com. We want to see what you are making, especially if you guys try out one of the stitches that we talk about. We want to see it. Yes. Even if you've made it before. Yeah. If Still you just have it. a project laying around, you're like, oh, I made that eight years ago. Here you go. Because <laughs> we know some of you guys are insanely crafty, way oh, craftier man. than us. We're still picking it up. I don't know. Angela's better than I am. But <laughs> no, you're the Amagurumi queen. Try. You're good on that. Oh, it's my favorite. I know. You're so good. I love this. Thank you. You're welcome. Lotus. 
the I lotus love it. yes and it goes with our, our topic of rebirth reincarnation yes is it time for story time <laughs> it's story time yay As I mentioned before, yes, this is not an ominous topic. But no, but it's it's exciting. Yes, I fully believe in reincarnation. We have to, yeah. Let's talk about it because what I'm going to do today, we're going to talk about signs of reincarnation first. Ooh, yes, okay. And a lot of this comes from Reader's Digest. Okay, okay. I'm like turning around so that I can face her. So I'm sorry <laughs> if you guys hear my microphone bobble changing a little bit because, That's like, okay. yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to yeah. stare right at her face oh, gosh. and be creepy. <laughs> creepy Angela. Usually, we're both looking ahead. Yes. So I don't look at her and see. This is part of us being. <laughs> like <laughs> antisocial where we don't have to look at each other when we're talking but now I'm staring at her I don't like <laughs> it that's okay no no it's all good okay so according to Reader's Digest yes this is cool 33 percent of Americans believe in reincarnation just 33 just 33 but you know it's crazy I didn't want to put this in but I, now I'm going to because it's more of a it's like a religious philosophical idea and concept Okay. 29% of those are Christians. Oh. And most Christians don't believe in reincarnation, right? right? That's interesting. Right? So there you go. And then a whopping 10% believe of those, they can recall their own past lives. Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah. I love watching all of those like, oh gosh, what is, it's on the LMN, LMN no <laughs> that's channel. That's me. Yeah, I know. That's you, LMN. <laughs> Lifetime L- movie, no- oh. Lifetime LMN. Okay. LMN. Ellen M. Ellen Ellen Lifetime Movie Network or something like that. Okay. So they do all of the the paranormal things that I love to watch. So Got they it. you know they the have mediums. the Kim Russo the mediums. Yes. Yes. But they also have the reincarnation stories where they have a guy that does past life regressions. Ooh. And if people are facing something in their present it usually came up in their past. And so they do past life oh, regression that, that so way, cool. which is really cool. And that helps them figure out why they're afraid of certain things or right. reacting okay. in a certain way. You're jumping ahead. Am I jumping ahead? You're good. So I'm just telling you how excited I am. And then yes. also the, they also do the things where like they, they have their children on and their children are like, I was a World War II vet or I was, you know, yep. blah, blah, blah. So I'm fascinated by this. Yeah. So it is, it's usually mostly children who yes. rec- can recall these past life memories. And then right. as they get older, they forget them. They start to forget them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not all of them. That's why I'm gonna, I am going to talk about three cases today. Yeah. But and yeah, it makes sense to me because when you're young, that's when your, yes. your mind is still open to where you came from. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, here are eight signs that you can check to see. <gasps> If you've had a past life. So one, persistent memories. So if you feel like you have some memories lurking that you have never experienced, obviously a past life. Weird. Okay. Two, deja vu. So I've gone, so I I think we've, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I've had many theories about deja vu, Uh but it, it does make sense as a past life, because if you feel like you've been somewhere before that you've never visited or experience something that you know you haven't, it could be a past life. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. Because then it's your past life remembering. It's yes. a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Three, unreasonable fears. 
Like you just talked <laughs> oh, yeah. about that. Yeah. So connection. If you have some crazy fears that just don't make sense, it could be related to your previous life or lives. So something that's just so overwhelmingly like your phobia. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be something that happened. Being terrified of drowning when you live in the desert. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very. That's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. Four, strange pains. If you experience physical pain for a good chunk of your life, but no doctors can explain it, this may be linked to your past life. Interesting. Right? Wow. So I kept thinking, I was like, do I have something? That's, like, <gasps> that's totally me. Where's yeah. my phantom pain? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Five, identify with another culture. Oh. So sometimes people are drawn to a specific location or culture, and this could be, again, a past life, mm-hmm. which I was thinking I am. There's there's definitely a, the Japanese culture for me is a big thing. But that's true. But it's because I've been there before, I think. But I think you were obsessed with the Japanese culture before. Four, a little more I took well I took Japanese in high school <laughs> <laughs> oh okay and then uh that's that's really mainly it but anyway but uh yeah if you are very more obsessed with a culture that just kind of came out of nowhere then there you go six inexplicable skills child prodigies can play music or speak a different language effortlessly I can't even speak effortlessly there you go. <laughs> I love that you're tripping over effortlessly and I can't <laughs> That's such so great ironic. Irony. Oh. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Effort. Effort. Okay. But a good example of this is Vladimir Levinsky or David Seacombe. And he changed his name to the, the Vladimir. In the <laughs> 1930s, he was extremely talented at the piano and he had taught himself and claimed he was the reincarnation of Franz Liszt. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Did you? Yeah. Do you know Franz Liszt was such a rock star in his day that women would throw underwear? Yes. I've Did you know that? that? <laughs> I heard that. I remember that in my music history class. Yes. <laughs> Those of us who take a music history, what, what? classical musical nerds. Woo woo. That's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, this guy was crazy. He, like I said, he just taught himself. He had a concert where like he stopped in the middle of it just to talk about lists and people were like booing him. But he was like, I, I need to talk about him. And he thought the concert went really well. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's so, interesting. There you go. Huh. Seven, inexplicable knowledge. Almost all the cases I'll talk about today display this, but yes, mostly in children. They'll know so much about something prior to being about to read or, and write. Like, I didn't say that right. They can't read or write, right? So, right. But they know so much about a specific area yeah so topic. it's like it's like a kid knowing a lot about somewhere yes. in france where they yeah. died in world war ii exactly or something or exactly. they know a lot about the bombers and right they know a lot about yeah or they and they don't watch a lot of tv or movies about it right so there you go eight recurring dreams Ooh. some say the recurring dreams focus around a given historic period and could be your past life trying to show you something that's it. So those are your eight. Ooh, how many of those do you have? None. None. <laughs> uh, no, one, one. Deja vu. Deja vu. Um, yeah. I, like I said, I've, I, but I have had dreams. My, my deja vu comes from my dreams. I remember dreaming about it and then it happening. So I don't know yeah. if that's a past life thing or if it's just me knowing I'm going the right direction. Oh, interesting. So I don't know. But I've had deja vu. And one thing that has been reoccurring more and more in my life and now I'm kind of following that path so it'll be interesting to see where it goes I'm wondering if like my past life was comfortable like maybe I grew up on a farm or I had that kind of a lifestyle or something in a past life I don't know I don't know but I do feel drawn to it which makes no sense because I've never had any experience doing it so interesting (laughs) but see here's my my only 
gripe, or maybe it, it's not a big deal, but how many people are in the world now? Seven billion or eight billion? Sure. We just got to like another billion. Oh my goodness. There's just so many people compared to a hundred years ago. Yeah. Right. That's true. So with reincarnation, if you're, if you're so drawn to come back to the world where uh, there's just so many new souls, right? Yeah. So many more new yeah. souls. Ooh. Right. Yeah. And then let, let's say you want to be reincarnated into an animal. Uh-huh. There's probably millions of animals too. <laughs> so a lot of new souls. A lot of new souls. Something to think about. Or souls that are just like, yeah, I don't want to go back yet. Yeah. Or, yeah. I don't know. But Interesting. Yeah, there's just so many more people. Anyway. Okay. Like I said, though, so now we're going to discuss three specific cases. You tell me at the end of each case. What do you think? Okay. Okay. The first and if you don't hit on one that I know of, I'm going like, to bring me. it up. Yeah, okay. of course. Um, there are more. There's way oh, more. I just couldn't so fit. So many. So many. I couldn't fit them in, into this. And then these three have kind of the most research. Okay. Except the third one. The third one I'm going to talk about where a lot of people are trying to be more skeptical about it. So. Oh, okay. Okay. The first one are the Pollock twins. The have Pollock twins. The Pollock twins. There they are. I don't think so. Okay. In 1946, Joanna Pollock was born to John and Florence Pollock in Hexham, Northumberland, England. Hey! One website claims Joanna was the third child for the Pollocks. However, I cannot 100% confirm this as all the articles do not even mention the other kids. Like, oh. <laughs> one was like, this is the third kid. I was like, what? There's nothing else about other kids. So they really focus on, on the, these um, girls. Yes. Okay. 1951, their second daughter, Jacqueline, was born. And you might call these little girls latchkey kids as John and Florence were really busy with their grocery and milk delivery business. So the girls were raised by their maternal grandmother. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time they spent the, 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 with her. With grandma. Yes. Yeah. The sisters were pretty much besties. Aww. Yeah. Joanna basically took care of Jacqueline and Joanna liked to wear costumes and act and was very sweet with other kids. And both girls loved to comb their father's hair. Oh, that's, sweet. that's so sweet. It reminds me of my dad. Oh. I would like play with his hair when oh, I was a kid, did. but I like did crazy things Aww. to his hair and he let me do it. Thanks, that's dad. So sweet. Yeah. Jacqueline, at the age of three, accidentally fell into a bucket, which caused a small gash over her right eye, which formed a permanent scar. And apparently it was more visible in cold weather. So keep this is actually important. Okay. Okay. She also had a dark round birthmark on the left side of her waist. Okay. That was Jacqueline. She's the little one. The little one. Okay. May 7th, 1957, Joanna was 11 and Jacqueline was six. They were walking to church one morning with their friend, Anthony. Without warning, a car struck the kids on the sidewalk. Oh my gosh, Nicole. I know, so sad. For sure we know the woman was half lucid as she was hopped up on painkillers. Yeah, one source says she was barely conscious. One source says she wanted to commit suicide. And even one source says she intentionally hit them being uh, after being separated from her own children. We don't know, but she was definitely... She was not in her right mind. Not in her right mind. Either way, the Pollock girls were immediately killed. And Anthony passed away on his way to the hospital. And the driver was supposedly taken to a psychiatric hospital. Okay. So there's a news article. Yeah, there's a news article. Oh, my heart. Yes, so sad. Obviously, Florence and John were completely devastated by this horrific tragedy. Yet the day of the accident, it is said that John experienced a vision of them in heaven and sensed their spirits in a room at the top of the house. 
Oh. Yeah. John highly believed he would see his daughters again, almost creating a rift between Florence and him because Florence was like, no, they're gone. Yeah, Yeah. she she was more in the realism camp where he's more in. Yes. Yeah. But he was she was very Christian. Uh huh. He was, but he still was very more into reincarnation. Mm hmm. Despite this, Florence did become pregnant soon again. So obviously they were were together. Worked some things out. (laughs) John was convinced Florence would give birth to his girls as twins. But Florence thought this was absurd. And even the doctor had confirmed one heartbeat at her ultrasounds. Okay. So, okay. And when, what, what were the years of this? So 1957 was when they were, May 1957 was when they were struck. So late fifties. Yes. Early sixties, that era. Yes. Okay. The technology has been advanced, but they didn't have ultrasounds going on back then. They just were listening for heartbeats. Yes. I think so. But on October 4th, 1958, Jillian was born. And 10 minutes later, Jennifer arrived. There are your Pollock twins. When holding his baby girls, John noticed a scar above the right eyebrow of Jennifer. Oh, I just got chills, Nicole. The same exact scar as his younger daughter, Jacqueline. Then upon further investigation, he found the same round birthmark on Jennifer's side as was on Jacqueline. Oh, my gosh. Well, John 100% believed these twins were his two previous daughters. Florence still did not think this to be true. And she is said to, well, like I said before, she's been a strict Catholic. Right. That's why. Interesting. So the baby was born with a scar. Yes. How? And we're going to talk <gasps> about that some more soon. So oh, that's cool. That Birthmark, yes. That makes sense. Right. A scar. A scar. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably, a. they're probably thinking it's a birthmark. Birthmark, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. At four months old, the Pollocks moved east to Whitley Bay, but decided to return to Hexham two and a half years later. Upon their return, when the girls were only four, they were able to point out and name landmarks they had never seen before, such as the school Joanna and Jacqueline had attended, the Hexham Abbey, and a playground their former sisters loved. Wow. While walking by the church, one of the girls said, the school is just around the corner. And this was correct, even though the school was not visible. Oh, that's good. <laughs> then our playground was behind there. It had a slide and a swing. And when they approached their old house, the sisters recognized it immediately. Despite all this, Florence still didn't believe the twins were her former daughters. She is so stubborn. She does not Oh, my believe. gosh. I would believe, like, probably as soon as John did. Like, right? okay, the scar and the birthmark. Yep, it's exactly Jacqueline. Yeah. At some point close to these events, the Pollocks uh, pulled out a box of toys from the attic that had belonged to Joanne and Jacqueline. Upon first viewing, Jennifer, the youngest, picks up a doll and exclaimed, oh, that's Mary. And second doll, that's my Suzanne. I haven't seen them for ages. (laughs) Yes, these were the names Jacqueline had branded the exact same dolls. Wow. Come on, mom. You got to believe it. Come on, mom. She went on to say, Father Christmas gave us these a long time ago, which was true. Wow. Then she turned to Jillian and pointed to another toy stating, and that's your washing machine. This convinced Florence these twins were her previous daughters. Okay, finally. Thank you, Florence, for getting on board. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) 
<laughs> On top of this all, both girls had an extreme fear of speeding cars. Oh. And were extremely cautious when crossing roads. Not like the normal worried, like when you're, you know, uh -huh, cars. Uh-huh. This was to the point that it was a phobia. They, in fact, would have reoccurring nightmares about being hit by a car. Wow. Once when a car engine started near them in an enclosed alleyway, John observed the girls both cringe and crying in terror. The car, the car, it's coming for us. Oh, and on one occasion, yeah, Florence overheard the girls playing a game where they reenacted the previous sister's accident. Oh my gosh. Jillian <laughs> was so morbid. Yeah, it was very morbid. Jillian was cradling Jennifer's head, telling her, the blood's coming out of your eyes. That's where the car hit you. Oh no, I don't like that. Oh my God. I'd be like, let's play another oh, game. Oh, my heart. Oh, my heart. Oh, my heart. <laughs> In another bizarre incident, Florence had worn a specific smock when she helped with the delivery business. Soon after her former daughter's passed, she put the smock away. When the twins were again roughly about four and a half, John wore the smock to do some painting. And Jennifer asked him, why are you wearing mommy's coat? <sighs> Yeah, she got upset when Jillian didn't recognize it, but it's because Jillian, who was Joanne, mm -hmm. right, was at school when Florence would don the smock. Oh. When John asked Jennifer how she knew the smock was Florence's, Jennifer said her mother had worn it while delivering milk. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I love right? it. I love it. And the twins both love to comb their father's hair. Oh, no. No. Okay. It's so good. It's so good. But like, I don't know. I think I would be equal parts. Just my heart would be warm and happy and full. Right. And creeped out all, all at the, the same, same time. time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. I'd be the same. Oh, I th I don't think like any of the hairs on my arms or on the back of my head would ever lay down again. I think everything <laughs> I would be like constant goosebumps the whole time. But it's sweet. It's sweet it's and really wonderful sweet and creepy. Yeah. It's, oh, <laughs> All I it love it. I love it. Okay. Well, once the Pollock twins turned five, the memories of their past lives began to fade slowly. They went till on to live normal lives. And in their 20s, they didn't remember anything about their past lives. Yeah. Okay. So I have a theory about that. Yes. So just based on other reincarnation stories that I've read, once you live past the lifetime of the person that you were before, mm. your memories go because you don't have anything to tie back tie to. yourself back to. Yeah. Well, I might I might blow your theory out of the way in the oh, next really? case. But oh. Joanne was 11. She was 11 and the memory started fading at five. five. But by the time they were 20, they didn't remember oh, yeah. anything yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, she may have had some memories here and there. By, right. I don't know. But I'm but still going to blow your theory away. Next. I'm sure you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good theory. No, it's a okay. great theory. The case of the Pollock twins caught the attention of American psychiatrist Ian Stevenson, who studied reincarnation. He's pretty big in this world. Mm -hmm. uh, he even published a book in 1987 entitled Children Who Remember Their Past Lives, Analyzing 14 Stories of Reincarnation. After testing the twins, he claimed Jillian and Jennifer were monozygotic, gotic, yeah, gotic twins. Mm -hmm aka genetically identical so jennifer's birthmarks could not be explained by genetics and should not have appeared oh so she that again that's kind of a really creepy like yeah why 
how does she have a birthmark and how does she have a scar and her sister doesn't have either mm-hmm. if they if are they're exact same twins. Wow. Creepy, right? Yeah. Skeptics claim that either the twins overheard the Pollocks talking about their previous sisters or the car accident or even could be lying. But those birthmarks and scars still cannot be explained to this day. That's awesome. Oh, good one. Good story. So there's the Pollock twins. Oh, I love it. This next one's really long because there's so much to it. Okay, I'm ready. Shanti Devi. Shanti Devi. Okay, hi, Shanti. Hi, Shanti. I have a picture of her. I'll, I'll put that on. Uh, She's very cute. Yes, I'll put that on the socials. So this takes place January 18th. This starts on January 18th, 1902. Okay. okay. This was Lugdi. Now, Lugdi was born in Mathura. When she reached the age of 10, she was married to Keternath Chab. I hope I said that right. C-H-A-U-B-E in Indian. I don't know if that's Chab or Chabe. Okay. I couldn't help you. C-H-A-U-B-E. I should have looked this up. Sorry, guys. He went by Keternath, so that'll help me. And he owned a, and he owned a cloth shop in Mathura and also a branch shop in Hardware. Lugdi was very religious and even went off in a few pilgrimages at a very young age. Okay. Very into her religion, yeah. Lugdi's first pregnancy sadly ended with a child stillborn in a C-section. Mm. But on September 25th, 1925, so she's 23 by this time. Okay. She had a baby boy via C-section again. However, due mm. to complications, Lugdi passed away on October 4th. Oh, no. So she Lugdi. had her baby. She's gone. Mm-hmm. December 11th, 1926. Okay. And this is one year later. Shanti Devi was born in Delhi. She had a normal childhood, but rarely spoke. Hmm. But by the age of four, she did start talking and in a completely different dialect from the family. Oh. <laughs> she spoke about cleaning silverware in a town named Mutra, which is Mathura. Oh. A picture of Krishna and having a husband. She was obsessed about talking about those three things for a while when she was just four. Oh, wow. When a sari was being made for her, she spoke up to her mother that the merchant lied about the quality of a fabric. And she knew this because her husband owned a fabric store. (laughs) She told her mother she had a son and called herself Chabin or Chabe's wife. She surprised a doctor with accurate details of cesarean section procedures. Oh, wow. At four. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right? When getting changed by her mother, Shanti would tell her uh, what type of dresses she used to wear. She explained details about her husband's physical appearance to her mother as well. He was fair had a big wart on his left cheek and wore reading glasses. And she would constantly argue with her parents, stating that she wasn't in her real home and they weren't her real family. That would be so frustrating. I'd be so mad. Right. I'd be like, just get over yes. it. Okay, Stop making these stories up. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking about your husband. You are four. Yeah, you're four. <laughs> this obviously oh. brought a lot of tension to the yeah. family. I, it would kill me if my kids were like, you're not my real mom. Right? Yeah. Like, you're not my parents. Yo, Let me go I back to my husband. I birth to you. It's yeah. so creepy. Like, I, you, I grew you in my tummy. Right? I know. Yeah. yeah. I know you. Oh, my gosh. So when Shanti was six, <laughs> she got into an argument with the twin sons of a lawyer neighbor. She was drawing a temple, but the boys were teasing her that she got all the details all wrong. But she argued that it wasn't the local temple, but the one in Mutra. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> she would beg her parents to take her to Mathura, which is mm-hmm. again the Mutra, but they repeatedly refused. She found a stranger walking by and asked how far Mutra was from Delhi. Stranger answered that Mathura, again, Mutra, the Mutra is called by the locals. Oh, they call it Mutra. Yeah. Okay. And it's roughly a day away by carriage or two by foot. So she packed a small suitcase and took off on foot. Oh, and she's six. And she's six. Oh, my God. Her father went to intervene, <laughs> but heard Shanti say her husband was wealthy and owned several houses and dan- and she danced for him wearing churis or ankle bracelets. And churis was only used, that, that name for it was only used in Mathura. So he started to believe her about her past life. Okay. So dad's starting to get on board now. Yeah. Okay. Her family would ask her again and again what her husband's name was. However, it was customary in Indian for wives to not speak their husband's names. So instead, she would blush and say she would recognize him if taken to see him in Mathura. That's what? That's an interesting thing. Yes. Like, very I can't speak who my husband is. Yeah. I don't get that. Why? What's, no idea. If you know the reasoning behind that, please let us know. Because I think it's I, a respect thing. I don't but know. I don't understand how that's respectful. I, I, I'm i the opposite. Like, I'm so proud of my husband. Yeah. Like, I will <laughs> say his name and yep. tell you everything about him. Like, I don't know. This was the, again, this was 1920s. So, yeah. Different culture, different But time. why, why we, I don't know. I don't know. And also, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting flabbergasted. I know, I can't talk. But it, it's just, okay, 1920s, I feel like that's still when, you know, women are thought of as property. It yeah. seems like you would, if you belong to your husband, you would be able well, to say, I belong to this person. Maybe. Lugdi, remember the Lugdi before, was she was married at 10. Oh, that's, so, that's true. There you go. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that yeah. part. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> now, two different sources differ on what happens at Shanti school, but whether it was her headmaster or a teacher in Delhi, it was the same outcome. They convinced Shanti to tell them the name of her husband, and they promised her they would take her to Mathura if she did say it, and she reluctantly told them. Okay. Then the headmaster or the instructor, the either story, wrote Keter Nath, telling him all the statements made by Shanti and suggesting he visit Delhi ASAP. Well, Keternath did respond. Okay. Confirming her statements. So he suggested that his cousin, Pandit Kanjimal, visit Shanti. Some sources suggest that he was sent to check the authenticity of her statements and belief of her past life. So when Kanjimal met with Shanti, she knew he wasn't her husband right away mm-hmm. and knew he was her husband's cousin. Oh, she's like, nope, you're this. (laughs) That's not my husband. Nope. You're the cousin. Yep. Wow. She started rattling true facts about Kanjimal's life as well as her past life. When Kanjimal was convinced Shanti was Lugdi, he arranged Keternath to visit her. Oh, wow. So November 12th, 1935. Uh Uh-huh. Keternath comes to Delhi, but under the guise as his brother with Lugdi's son in tow. Remember she had the boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Kanjimal introduced Keternath to Shanti as his brother, she blushed and stood to one side. Someone asked why she was blushing in front of her husband's brother, and Shanti responded in a low, firm voice, No, he is not my husband's brother. He is my husband himself. She knows. She pointed out that he still had the mustache and birthmark she had described to her parents. 
And when she saw Lugdi's 10-year-old son, there's two different names for this. One site says Nanita Lal, one says Navneet Nal, but either way. Okay. She burst into tears and gave him a huge hug. Oh, they're like the same age or yes. he's a year older than yeah, her, right? Exactly. Wow. She asked her mother to bring all her toys and give them to the son. Oh. But since she was just so excited, she ran and grabbed them for him. Oh, my God. Yeah. When Keternath asked how she recognized him as her son, since she only saw him once when he was an infant before she passed. Right. She replied that her son was a part of her soul and the soul is able to easily recognize this fact. I get this because my, when my eldest was born, mm-hmm. I felt a piece of my soul rip off and go with her. Right. So, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. So they're intertwined. Shanti then asked to have food ready for her guests. And when her mom asked what she would should make, Shanti responded that Keternath loved stuffed potato parathas and pumpkin squash. And sure enough, he was astonished and said, yes, those happen to be my favorite meals. Wow. Then when Keternath asked to prove it was Lugdi by reciting an unusual fact no one else would know, Shanti responded, yes, there is a well in the courtyard of our house where I used to take my bath. At one point, Shanti found out Keternath remarried and she asked him why he did so since they promised each other they wouldn't if she passed. <laughs> Keternath was stunned and sat silent with no answer. Oh, I love it. He right? needed somebody to take care of the boy. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So she knew. So oh, she came back just to nail him on that. <laughs> She's like, dude, you got a new wife. Oh, that's awesome. Now, after speaking to her alone that night a little longer, Keter Nath was completely convinced that Shanti was Lugdi reincarnate. So now what happens? Because does he feel responsible for her? Because that's his, his, his oh. wife or I mean, but she's nine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's so weird. Isn't that weird. Yeah. Uh yeah. Well, we'll get to it, but Okay. Yeah. So she she knew so much information that only Lugdi would have known. I read another site that I didn't put in my notes, but the reason why he he found out it was her like he believed her was he was saying that she had arthritis, like really bad arthritis when uh-huh. um before he she gave birth to her uh-huh. he's like well how did how did we do it she's like well, she explained all in detail uh-huh. how they had sex <gasps> and he's like no. okay yep oh my gosh <laughs> you were lucky <lugged. laughs> <laughs> coming from a nine-year-old oh little gosh. girl yeah ah. okay yep <laughs> yep i have to back away that was so loud <laughs> <laughs> i had to throw that in so when Keternath had to return to Mathura, Shanti was devastated and begged to go with him. But her folks said no. Well, yeah. Yeah. After this encounter, news spread far and wide about Shanti's astonishing encounter with her past husband. And she was so convincing that even Mahatma Gandhi got involved. Wow. Yeah. He came out to Shanti's home and even invited her to his ashram, which is the spiritual place or monastery. Right. Gandhi then put together a committee of inquiry, which consisted of 15 prominent people from political leaders, congressional members, lawyers, journalists, and distinguished business people to verify Shanti Devi's memories. Wow. Yeah. So November 24th, 1935. Okay. So this is just, it's the same month, but just a few weeks later. Right. 
And Shanti's still only nine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the committee accompanies her to Mathura along with her parents. Okay. okay. She finally gets to go. She finally gets to go. Something staggering happens right away on the platform waiting for the train. Uh-oh. She noticed a man walk in front of her in a small crowd. When she was asked if she knew this person, she touched the stranger's feet with deep veneration and then stood aside. She whispered that the stranger was her Jeth, the older brother of her husband. And sure enough, it was Babu Ram Chabi, Keter Nas' elder brother. Wow. Picked him out of a crowd. Dude. Dude. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Right? Then when they arrived in Mathura, she was gathered into a horse-drawn carriage and Shanti was to guide the driver wherever she wanted to go. She led the carriage and the group to record their findings to the house where Lugdi had lived when she was married to Keternath and also pointed out all the landmarks on the way correctly. There had been changes to the town as well that was accurate. She was like, this is gone. This has changed. This has changed. Bam. Oh, wow. 100%. Dude. When they arrived at the house, she was able to identify Lugdi's father-in-law and even the exact words that he had once said to Lugdi. Uh-huh. Once they went inside, she gave in great, accurate detail the layout, previous furniture arrangements, and even had a great knowledge of the dialect used in Mathura. Wow. Then, I can't wait till she meets the current wife. Uh, Did we get a glimpse of that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she so ever does. Awkward. Yeah. Okay. I don't think she does. And, uh, and they did. She, they know there's nothing about it. Okay. I wouldn't want to meet her if I were. <laughs> no, if you were the current wife. She's like, oh. Uh, that would be so weird. Awkward. Right? Yeah. No. Oh, she like gives detail about how she got impregnated. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. That's a little creepy. Then they walked up towards the other house Lugdi had lived in with Keternath. Because remember, he was rich. Had yeah, houses. had multiple houses. Yep. She said that, yeah. Yep. When they arrived, she ran towards the middle where she was sure where there was the well. Remember, she said there yeah, was a well. Yeah, there was a well in yeah. the middle where she used to take her bath. Right. It wasn't there. <gasps> but she knew it was there. Yet, uh -huh. lo and behold, Keternath went and removed a large stone in that spot. And yes, there, there was, was the a well. well. Oh, wow. Then they clambered up to the second floor where Shanti Devi found the spot where Lugdi had hidden money. When they looked, it wasn't there. Shanti insisted Lugdi had hidden money in that exact spot. And that is when Keternath spoke up and confessed he had taken it after Lugdi passed. Ah, stealing her money. Yep. <laughs> she had, she wanted it to be given to Krishna as a donation to, you know, for, mm -hmm. but I don't think he did that with her no. money. <laughs> Probably spent it on the new wife. Yeah, the new wife. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Afterwards, they traveled to her parents' home where she at first misidentified Lugdi's mother as her aunt, but then quickly realized she was wrong and sat in Lugdi's mom's lap. Oh. She recognized Lugdi's father as well. It was a really tearful experience and it moved the committee. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then the committee followed Shanti to other familiar places, Mathura, one of those being the Dwarkadish Temple. All of Shanti's comments regarding locations and such were 100% accurate. Wow. In 1936, the committee went on to publish their findings in a 26-page booklet, and they concluded that Shanti Devi was indeed the reincarnation of Lugdi. It attracted so many prominent people that included parapsychologists and philosophers to study the case who wanted to visit Shanti. And of course, it also brought in many critics and skeptics that wanted to disprove Shanti. Of course. However, many of these reports did not do much research and based it on opinion. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. 
On top of having so many vivid memories of Lugdi's life, she even remembered exactly what happened after death under hypnosis. Ooh. This gets fun. <gasps> I'm excited. She recalled witnessing her own funeral. Oh, wow. Existing as a tiny speck while entirely discarnate with no sense of time or space and feeling that all the universe and all her lives were contained within her. That crazy? Wow. She then experienced a profound darkness before a flash of light revealed four men in yellow underwear before her. These beings seemed to be in their teens and their appearance and dress were very bright. They put her in a cup and carried her. Then she saw the Hindu god Krishna while he showed each person a record of their good and bad activities on earth and telling them what would happen next. (laughs) She was then taken, I know, to a golden staircase from where she could see a river as clean and pure as milk. She saw souls there and they appeared like flames and lamps. But she thinks because she did not have a fulfilled life on earth and yearned to come back, she was able to. So there you go. And some of it I didn't put it in, but she said she felt wedged and she then she realized that was her mother's womb. So Oh what? And then there you go. And then she came out and she's like, I'm Lugdi. Yeah. Wow. <gasps> yep. So Shanti went on continue to continue her schooling, but never married. Oh, so because she promised her past husband that she would never remarry <laughs> well so it, what it, i read about was that um and i'm guessing this is when keter nath probably passed when she was older but they say when you are a widow you don't remarry and so she, she believed that she was a widow later on later on yeah oh, so wow. she never remarried and her parents were pretty sad about it but she's like nope i can't i can't marry because yep. i'm married to Already. this man exactly and then he dies, and so she can't yeah. remarry. Yeah. Oh, wow. She dedicated her life to teaching Hindu religion and philosophy while spreading her story and reincarnation. So remember I was telling you? Mm-hmm. She remembers everything till she died. Oh, okay. So she's disproving my... Th- but also, she remembered, though, her her death. And she under remembered... Under hypnosis, like, yeah. Oh, under hypnosis. Yeah, and she, wouldn't, she didn't again. do that on, on like... On yeah. her own. Yeah. Okay. But she passed away at the age of 61 on December 27th, 1987. Oh, wow. So. I was alive then. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yay. But yeah, so that's Shanti Devi. What do you think? I That's amazing. Take a stitch. But <laughs> I like, oh, see, I can't talk with this subject because <laughs> there's so many thoughts flooding my brain at the same time. That It's just so fascinating. It's just so right? incredible. That, I mean, of course, I mean, there's no, I don't understand how people could still have doubts in their mind. Right. If they're, I mean, just the second this documented one of, case of so much like memory as a four-year-old, as a four-year-old, as a four-year-old speaking in a different dialect. Like, yeah. What is that? Yeah. I, th- of course, just like freaking, of course, she can't make this up. Oh, Gandhi even was there. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So Shanti Devi. I like that. Shanti. My last one. Okay. He's, it's been made famous since it's a, a, a more modern event. And the more I researched, though, the more skeptic research papers came out. 
Oh no. <laughs> like I was kind of researching and like, I think the third article was the one that was like, nope, this is, this is false, but I'm going to go into what was told and I'll try to give you why there are people out there trying to debunk this story. Okay. So this is James Leininger. Okay. You might've heard of this one. April 10th, 1998. James Madison Leininger was born in San Francisco, California to Bruce and Andrea Leininger. They moved to Dallas, Texas soon after, and this is when James was only 22 months old. Later, they moved to Louisiana because this is their base there now. But, okay. But a lot of this happens in Dallas. So 22 months old, he was taken to the Flight Museum in Dallas. James was in love with everything he saw, and after spending three hours there, he came home with some airplane toys and a Blue Angels video. He then returned to the museum with his father later that spring, and James would grow quiet and in awe in the hangar that held the World War II aircraft. Hmm. Shortly after James turned two, he had this habit of playing with his planes to the point where he would slam them nose first into the family coffee table and repeat airplane crash on fire sure normal kid behavior right because you know you crash i'd be so mad it'd be like stop yeah. hurting my table no it, it he did it so much that it ruined the coffee table oh, there's like dings and dents yeah. yeah but he was so obsessive with destroying everything and uh or, or, or it was an obsession when he was playing with his his right. planes this way even when they would take james's father to the airport because he had to travel often for work he would repeat daddy airplane crash on fire And at this time, James had reoccurring nightmares. Oh, poor buddy. Yeah. He would first would have, uh, would just be screaming. But Mm -hmm. then the nightmares progressed to James shouting, airplane crashed on fire. Little man can't get out. (laughs) He would yell this repeatedly and thrash around. And again, this just didn't happen once. It happened over the course of a few months. Oh, poor kid. so long and poor parents like just having to deal with that having to deal with that and there's nothing you can do like one of my kids used to have night terrors and that was just like the scariest thing right just kind of have to ride it out with them yeah oh my gosh months yeah if I could I would never get sleep I would be so sad no his folks would start to talk about his nightmares before bed and James somehow managed to explain that they weren't dreams they were memories Oh, buddy. Yeah. He said it was his plane that had crashed on fire and that it had been shot by the Japanese. <gasps> then two weeks after they had these discussions, James recalled that the plane he flew was a Corsair, a fighter plane developed during World War II. Oh, would, I wonder if this is the story that I like, kept referencing. Probably. probably is. He would talk about his Corsair a few times, even reciting that they got flat tires when they landed. This led to his folks researching Corsairs. And yes, according to an Air Force historian, Corsairs bounced when they landed, leading to flat tires. Wow. In August 2000, when James was just 28 months old, he explained to his folks this time that he had flown his plane off a boat. Oh, okay. The name of the boat after he was asked, Natoma. His father, yeah. He's two and he says Natoma? Natoma. What? Yeah. His father, Bruce, researched online with this new information, and sure enough, he found a description of the USS Natoma Bay, an escort carrier that fought in World War II and was stationed in the Pacific. Wow. His parents then tried figuring out a name for the little man of James's dreams. He would only respond with me or James. 
Okay. Okay. Weeks later, after James mentioned Natoma, his folks tried a different approach and asked if he remembered anyone else with the little man. And he did have a name for them. Jack Larson. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Jack Larson. Yeah. Full name. Okay. Now, strangely enough, Bruce wanted to gift his own father with a book about World War II called The Battle for Iwo Jima 1945. James sneaked a peek at this book as well. And when he came to a photo of Mount Suribachi, a dormant volcano, James immediately said, that's where my plane was shot down. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) A week after, Bruce found a World War II veteran from Natoma Bay that did recall a pilot named Jack Larson. Oh. Unfortunately, all he knew about him was that he had flown off and never returned. Poor James at this point was still having the persistent nightmares. And thanks to some help from Carol Bowman, an author about children's past life memories, they acknowledged his nightmares were indeed memories, but they were in the past and he was safe in his current home. This actually helped James and the nightmares were infrequent and less violent. Oh, good. Yes. That's good. When James started drawing... He would draw mm-hmm. battle scenes with planes. Of course. Yeah. Oh, hundreds buddy. of them. Oh, my gosh, buddy. He would sign them off as James 3, even after he turned 4. I'll go into details. Why? <gasps> so soon. he's James the 3rd. In the summer of 2002. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. I love it. No, it's good. Bruce Leininger attended a Natoma Bay reunion as he learned Jack Larson was a survivor of the war. Wow. Yeah. Jack didn't show up to the reunion. However, he was able to visit him as he was, in fact, alive. Then he finally found out that the only pilot from the Natoma Bay ship to have lost his life during the Battle of Iwo Jima was 21-year-old James M. Houston Jr. from Pennsylvania. <gasps> James M. Houston Jr. Yes. After even more research, Bruce learned that Houston was not killed on Iwo Jima, but the fight continued after the initial result. He was one of eight pilots from the ship that were trying to take down transport vessels in a close harbor called Chichijima. And eerily, Houston's plane did crash right where James had described. And Jack Larson was the pilot next to Houston's on the flight plan. Whoa. With all this new evidence, James's parents concluded that it was, in fact, James Houston Jr. that their son James has been referring to the past few years. So, so he remember was James the second, and now the little boy is James the third. Oh. And that's his drawing. Oh my gosh, buddy. Oh, crazy. Okay. So there's two planes and lots of fire, like just lots of little dots that are representing bullets everywhere. Oh, wow. Buddy. So Bruce and Andrea wrote a book about James called Soul Survivor, the reincarnation of a World War II fighter pilot. James can still recall a few memories details even in his 20s. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So as for the false accusations now, Uh these skeptics claim that their Leiningers were not accurate to details and timelines. So they state their son James would quote something at one point, but then later on elaborate the quote or add to it or even leave out exact dates. That was a big part. Okay. But he was like two when he was doing all of this. So it makes sense that he wouldn't have... He doesn't have the vocabulary or the ability. No, to- no. When when the well, the parents were giving quotes and things about everything. 
Oh, let me keep going. I'll, I'll yeah, explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So also that the James was exposed to videos or images of planes on fire or combat scenes prior. So they're saying that he was watching videos of World War Two. Okay. And all um, this was compared to a 2002 ABC program that never aired. So the Linergers were interviewed on this ABC program. Uh huh. And all very specific details about this case was never given on that program. So. They were saying a bunch of things that James would say, but then afterwards when they wrote their book, they put in more details. Oh. So they're saying, oh, they, they're adding more to... They're embellishing. Yes. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Also, apparently the Blue Angels video title Bruce Leininger provided doesn't exist. So he gave the exact title of the Blue Angels video. Mm-hmm. It's actually called Blue Angels Around the World at the Speed of Sound and that the video does carry a 10-minute segment about World War II planes with another segment that shows archival footage of fighter planes. So they're saying the little boy watched this over and over and over again to the point where he had nightmares and then believed that he was... But uh, there's still some details where he pointed out where exactly, where his plane crashed, the name of the pilot yeah, that like flew next to him. Yeah. I just don't, the, the reoccurring nightmares is a big part, like for months. Yeah, 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 yeah. If and it was like a week, I get it. But. Yeah, and he would forget, I, like he would have to continually watch that video yes. like nonstop. And kids do that. They, they obsess do. over when they're that little. Yeah. Of how many videos did your kids obsess over when oh. they were that little? Oh. And you just like yes. watch them over and over and over, over again. And over. Bubble, 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 <laughs> guppy, guppy, guppies. <laughs> bubble, 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 guppy, guppy, guppies. You know, whatever. Yeah. But you can sing, you know, the shows that your right. kids obsess over. I don't think he would obsess over something that was scary like that. Yeah, I don't and know. I don't think his dad would let him watch something like that over and over and over again when he, when he's two. Yeah, it makes know. no sense. But you be the judge. So what do you think, Angela? Well, okay. I'm a believer in reincarnation. I think there's too many cases of people that ha- that they're so specific and they know exactly. I mean, no, it it's real. It happens. And if a two-year-old doesn't get every detail correct, and he was, it was years after World War II. Like right. how many years? This is two, this is year 2000. And in the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> He was, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you know, like what? 60, 70 60 years. 60 years, <laughs> math, <laughs> hashtag math. I'm sure some of the details are going to get fuzzy if your soul is waiting that long to come back. Well, it's not even that. It's just that they were, they're claiming more that their parents were embellishing everything. And Well, parents are going to embellish. Like, right. the, if the parents are writing it. But the, and there was the other thing was the, the guy that, oh, I keep forgetting the name. I think they're, they're just, you know, I don't know. You shouldn't like, yeah, parents are going to embellish. Parents are going to, they're trying to make money off of their kid's story. So that's going to draw the people. Yeah. That's going to draw people to be more skeptic and look sure. for more details and be like, this isn't real so that they can make money out of these people are frauds. Right, right. And that doesn't negate that the kid was having nightmares and he was seeing these things and yep. it was real to him. And sure. I believe that it was real. Yeah. And if embellishments happen because a, a third party jumped in and, mm-hmm. and tried to, did my dog just kick that? <laughs> scared me. <laughs> my dog is on the couch, but I can't see her because she's on the other side she's of Nicole. against me. Uh, but anyway. She loves you. She does. So I don't but know. Yeah. I think people are just being picky for, because they're, they yeah. want to be, they just want to poke holes in a Re- beautiful yes. story. Yes. That is, I mean, it's scary for the kid, but like, Souls acts absolutely come back 
you get a you get to come back if you need to. If you really feel un, unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a gold, good soul. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? I really liked um, what, what was her Shanti? Yeah. Shanti Devi. I loved Shanti Devi's re, recount of when she was watching her funeral and that she was a speck and time and space didn't exist. And right? she experienced all of her lives and everything at the same time. Because that's what I believe happens. Yeah. And when I've had my experiences of talking to people on the other side and Again, just like disclaimer, yes, I've had those experiences. It's not something that I've developed and practiced, but it is real and it is, it has happened. Mm -hmm. And that's how they've explained it to me. That's it's so just cool. like that. So, um, yes, I, yes, I believe in reincarnation. Of course. That's yeah. so cool. Huh? So if you, if, if you believe in it yes, and you were felt like you were a little bit unfinished, would you come back as a human or an animal? Ooh, I don't know. It depends on what I felt in my life wasn't finished. If hmm. I could finish it yeah. in animal form, sure, I would like to experience that. Maybe I was an animal and that was my simple life. That, like, <laughs> that could you be, just eat and sleep. You, and were, you were an I alpaca. Was, <laughs> I was an alpaca. <laughs> I, was, I was asking Angela, I was like, so... Cause I'm looking at her alpacas outside. Yeah. Like, you can watch them they, out the back window. It's yeah. so much fun. <laughs> do, do they need anything to like keep them occupied? She's like, no, they just sit there <laughs> and they walk around. I'm like, they, they, what they, a simple life. I mean, they're very <laughs> curious. They're like cats. Right. I'll put it that way. They're like cats. But so, cats need so much. I feel like. So like this, we have certainly turned this podcast into <laughs> something else at this point. Education time with yes. Angela and alpacas. Yay. Yay. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I don't know where I started <laughs> with this whole thing. Past life. Past life. Okay. So were yeah, you, I could have been farm an animal. I could have been a farm animal in a past life. Yeah. So quick, quick thing that I don't know if this is, you know, grain of salt, but my grandpa was in love with birds. Uh-huh. He would feed them every day and he'd like put bird feed. Mm -hmm. He loved birds. He loved kids too, but he loved birds. Yeah. And he passed away and my father was at his funeral. Uh-huh. And at the funeral... A flock of geese flew over. It was like in a V. Oh, beautiful. One of the geese uh -huh. came down, circled the the cemetery, the funeral, like oh. his gravestone and flew off. I have chills. So do you think that was my grandfather as yes. a goose? So yes. And okay, here's what I think can happen as far as souls and animals, because I think souls can inhabit animals mm -hmm. or persuade them. Because hmm. I think animals are a little bit more open or more sensitive or something. They can persuade them to do certain things because we have a thing in my family with hummingbirds. That's right. So sometimes, um, for example, if, if a hummingbird comes around and does something unusual, I automatically will notify my father-in-law. So one time I was walking the kids home or we were walking to school and a hummingbird came right into my face mm -hmm. and then it went over to the school signs and started kind of pecking at two letters, which are the initials of my father-in-law's dad, oh. was just kind of pecking at those initials. Now, the school sign is granite or it's, you know, stone, right. it's carved stone. And so there's no colors. There's no reason why the hummingbird would be attracted to those two letters in particular. Mm -hmm. But he flew in my face, went to those two letters, p 
pecked at them, pointed them out, mm-hmm. came back to my face and then flew away. Oh. And so I knew at that point I needed to call my father-in-law and tell him what the hummingbird had did, had done yeah. and that he needed to check on his dad. So it's like people or souls can come inhabit animals. That's and so that so was absolutely crazy. your grandfather Aww. coming in and saying hi. Thank like, granddad. Yeah. That's Isn't so that sweet. sweet? Yes. But that's a way for people that have passed to let us know they can like influence animals. I don't know if they are reincarnated in those animals okay. or if they're just kind of trying just, to send a signal. Yeah. Sending a signal with yeah, them. Yeah. That's why I always, I'm always curious. Yeah. I think I want to be an otter. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to live I that otter life for a little that. bit. You just want to float on your back I and just hold hands. Hold, yep, hold hands with a baby. <laughs> I have a little baby and some eat some clams on my tummy. Even uh, though I don't like clams, I don't like shellfish. No, <laughs> nope. it's so funny. But I'm going to be an otter eating that. I don't care. So <laughs> I love it. There you go. Okay. So for our next reincarnation story, yes. I want. I think we need to talk about this person. Okay. So I'm just going to say her name. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you we'll talk about it next who time. she was reincarnated as. But if any of you listening want to chime email in. us or yeah. chime in and let us know if you know who this person is and who she was in the past life, let us know. Okay. Go. And we'll send you something cool. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Go. Yeah. We'll make it a contest. I love it. Okay. Barbro Carlene. Never heard. Barbro Carlene. B A R B R O K A R L E N. She's Swedish. Okay. I'll give you that. Never heard. Okay. Barbara Carlene. Look her up. She's still alive. Ooh. Look her up. Okay. Come at us. You can email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. <laughs> we will talk about her in our next reincarnation. Yes. We'll do a number two because yeah. there are some other people that would be fun to talk about. So. so let us know who this person is and we will throw your names in a hat and we'll send you something cool. Woo! Ooh, I'll make you a lotus something. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. All right. That's your new contest, people. Yeah. So that was a new year super uh, new year contest. Yay. Yay. So that was a super awesome story time. I, I love loved it. this week's. It was really cool. Uh, we are definitely doing more reincarnation. It's fascinating. So I fascinating. love it. Well, our movie time is not going to relate to <laughs> our this movie at all. time does not relate, but it was fun. <laughs> but it was fun. All right. So is it movie time? It's movie time. This week's movie yes. is Lights Out. Lights Out. Lights, Lights out. out. I can't do it. <laughs> Lights out. <laughs> that was oh, closer. that was good. That was good. It was released in 2016. IMDb rating is 6.3 stars. Synopsis. Rebecca must unlock the terror behind her little brother's experiences that once tested her sanity, bringing her face to face with a supernatural spirit attached to her mother. Yes. All right. Okay. So this was fun. Yes, there were definitely. I haven't like been scared by a lot of the movies lately. I've kind of more like thrillers. Yeah, and there haven't been too many jump scares. This one had jumps. I definitely jumped and definitely grabbed. I definitely closed my eyes. I definitely covered my eyes. It definitely last night when I was walking through dark hallways in my house, I was like, oh, I got to turn the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't walk in the dark tonight. That's not a good thing. It's It was good. It was creepy. And it, it was, was produced good. by James Wan. It was. Yay, James yeah. Wan. There Return was some, James um, Wan. I don't know if you realized or recognized it towards the end, the music. They had like some strings. 
Oh, the, uh-huh. just uh-huh, like uh-huh. just like his movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, there's James Wan coming James out again. So. Nice. Yeah. So it was fun. Yes. What was interesting to me is it starts hard. It starts right, right, off right the away. Bat. Like we, I started the movie and I was like, am I halfway through the movie? <laughs> Did I miss something? What happened? Because it just immediately, there's yep. an attack. Yep. And it's like a big attack. It's and a you're huge like, one, yeah. You think this one person is going to be a main character, but <laughs> he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, what happened? And then the credits come up, like lights out. And you're like, oh, oh right. Okay. Jump this is, right into we it. We are on a ride yes. right from the start. The script is insanely simple. Yeah. They keep hitting on the like, I don't want to be left alone or don't abandon me. That was the theme. And they just kept, that's all they would say. Just hammering that in. Like, I don't want to. I will never leave you. I will never leave you. And that was the whole theme. I will never leave you. Yeah. That was the movie. That it was it. should have been called I Will I'll Never, never leave, leave You. There's <laughs> <laughs> your title. Yeah. But it, I thought it was a really cool idea about this woman's psychosis mm-hmm. developing this kind of parasitic relationship. I wasn't, it's not to, to, symbiotic. It's yes. definitely parasitic yeah. relationship with somebody else who was alive and then had has, almost like supernatural powers yeah it reminded me of the ring my yeah the way that this girl was very similar to her like yeah getting into people's minds yeah 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 but yeah yeah you're right and she met met her at a mental institution Mm -hmm. and just wouldn't couldn't leave her and she's dead but she's not yeah i'm gonna give yeah yeah so the physical body is dead yes but the soul attached herself to the mother and then was able to physicalize in certain ways in the dark in the dark which scares the shit out of me (laughs) (laughs) that's why this movie freaked me out so there were lots of cool cool moments where you're in the dark diana is that's her name that's her name diana 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 Diana. Mm -hmm. so you would see diana and then they'd turn the lights on or the lights would flick on and, and she's then gone. she's gone because she, you can't see her in the light. She right. only exists in shadows. Right. And then the lights would go out and she'd be like suddenly right there, like, which is how you get the jump scares. Crap out of me. Right. But it was. That's what was best about this movie. That, it's just that like the that classic the horror movie where you know what's going to happen, but you're yeah. so freaked out. You're like, I know, I know, I know she's, she's going to be gonna right jump, there. Yeah. I know she's going to jump she's out scary looking. Yeah. She's and it's so gonna, dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. So you're like prepared, and this is me when I go into haunted houses. Like I know where all the jump scares right? are going to be. I know where everyone's going to be, and I'm still scared. Still scared. <laughs> yeah, that's why I hate those places. Um, yeah, my the one that I like freaked me out the most that I think I like jumped and screamed <laughs> was uh, later on when she's they're in the house, their house, and the the son and the daughter are together, and the lights are out. They're all mm-hmm. like completely out. Yeah, and they're looking in the closet. Do you remember oh, the scene? Yes. And then. He, he screams because it, he gets grabbed from under the, under bed, the bed because under the bed is dark. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I hate that's that. That's where the dark is. Because I don't like I things going under, under the, the bed. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's like, I'm still scared to look under my bed. Me too. And I'm a 45 year old woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there's a bunch of junk like, under our bed, but I like those. I appreciate those beds that have like the bed, like frame goes like it's solid all the way down. Yeah. So there is no one. Cause you bed. cannot see under the bed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing. Or Japanese. They like to put the tatami uh-huh. on, the, on the ground. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing there's under, no the, under yeah, the bed. You can't worry about that. Right. <laughs> uh, 
That's what I loved about that. Then you have to worry about closets. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, closets still creep me out sometimes. When I was little, my sister and I shared a room and one of we would have fights over there would be zombies in the closet or vampires in the closet. Oh, no. And for one of them, I don't remember which is which, but you had to have the door open for one and closed for the other. Oh, gosh. And so we were constantly fighting over if of the course. door was open or closed. No. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it open. I can't no, have it no, open. No open closets. No. My closet door is always open, but it's also on the, you can't see it from I my, guess, yeah. my bed. Yeah. So. Mine, mine's open too. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about that. And my kid's closet's wide open. Yeah. Yeah. When it's closed, it's like, it's secure. You like, you, can you hear don't the, know what's behind it though. But you can hear the door opening if it happens. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like closets and dark. I'm sorry. I don't like dark period. I've been, I don't know. But anyway, this movie was fun. It was fun. It was creepy. Yeah. It, it was, was good to have a fun quick. one. It was quick. Yeah. It was so fast. It was short. Yeah. Short movie. Cause yeah. it jumped to it. I didn't fall asleep and I watched it at night. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> Good job. So yeah. what what rating would you give it? Um, I liked it. Let's see. IMDb gave it a 6.3. 6. 6. Yeah. I would go higher than that. I would yeah. go like maybe 6, 9, close to a 7. It was fun. Yeah, I, like, fun, I wouldn't right? mind watching it again. It's yeah. really quick. Yeah. And I'm sure I would still jump. Right. It, the writing is very simple. Oh, so I didn't have any. Simple. I didn't have like issues with it because it's not really the about the dialogue. Writing. It's about, was, <laughs> <laughs> I will never leave, leave you. you. <laughs> I will never leave you alone. There's no you without me. Oh, that was a great line. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that could be used in love stories (laughs) and horror stories, apparently. Apparently. (laughs) I give it a seven, too. Yeah. Yeah, Seven's a good rating for it. Yeah. I'd watch it again. Yeah. And it was funny because I've seen this before and I just didn't remember it. Oh, how funny. Yeah. So I liked it. Yay. Yay. Well, good. Yeah. Well, that was another super fun episode. Thank you guys for joining us. Welcome to 2023, y'all. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. If you want to reach out to us, please email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. You can also support our little show that we do for you guys on a weekly basis. Yes. You can find us at our patron page if you go to Podbean and look up The Ominous Stitch. That yes. is the name of the podcast that you were listening to. <laughs> <laughs> and you can become a patron if you just want to donate any dollar amount. That would greatly help us to continue this. Buy more yarn. Make awesome things for you. Give you guys shout outs. Yeah. And we just want to connect with you guys more. So even if you don't want to donate, hit us up on any of our socials. You can find us at the Ominous Stitch on all of the things. and All the things. All of the things. And I guess that's it. So happy 2023, you guys. Yay. And see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Oh.